and it is a pleasure to welcome Stuart Durden to the program. Stuart and I have been trying to connect on the radio for a couple of weeks, and it's a pleasure to welcome aboard today because we've got some good news to pass along. Stuart, thanks for being with us. Good morning. Good morning, and yes, we do have some good news all oh, across boy. the country. I, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, I just I just went over to Live Nation's Twitter feed just to just to kind of get myself tuned up for the speed that this this, this conversation is going to take. Because after what is it now? Fifteen, maybe sixteen months, Stuart, of uh, verboten uh, performance. Uh, suddenly, we have Phase Three in British Columbia and Ontario. Uh, phase Four happens September seventh, and that is the magic date for concert organizers and promoters and tour people because once we hit phase four all things being equal uh then we're in a position to have concerts and and those sorts of activities so uh, and i know here on C- uh, cknw we were giving away elton john tickets Stuart, last couple of weeks of but that tour the farewell yellow brick road tour is next fall as in october 22 safely tucked away and and programmed into coming back which is great but between now and then there's that's that's well over a year and there are people just dying to get on stage, aren't there? There are, Sterling. And, and of course, the thing to consider, I mean, I, I personally just attended three shows at the Jazz Fest uh, that just uh, wrapped up last week. And you don't know what you missed till it's gone. Uh, yeah. it, it, was really, it was really something to just be able to sit in a room. Um, you know, social distancing and limited numbers were in place, but still just right. be able to sit in a room and see a live performance and hear it and experience it was really something uh it, it you don't it, i didn't really realize how much i'd missed it um and someone who's such a concert goer as i am it really resonated i was going over uh an old you know when all of this pandemic first hit we were all talking about the impact of live music there were lots of stories we were constantly going through it on the news cycle sure. and i did an interview about sort of the future of live music or, or what what we can expect coming forward and i had a very prescient quote from uh you know emeritus uh artist manager Sam Feldman, where, you know, he commented that possibly one of the biggest challenges coming into, and, and at that point they were already talking 2022, mm-hmm. and you can see it on your calendar if you're putting down the dates. How are we going to find the crews and the equipment and everything else necessary to have all these shows that are being announced? I mean, it is a, it's, it's a sort of a slow startup in, you know, October, November, we're seeing a lot of shows, case in point, Mother Mother's Four Nights at the Commodore, um, right. among others. But then once you get into 2022, it's like there used to be the dead zone until sort of, you know, March. Not anymore. It's it's right. it's going to be just constant shows. And, and I'm, I'm seriously wondering how people are going to be able to the, the demand is there. But are people going to have the cash or the time to be able to see all these things? And to say nothing of of the tour companies that, or the touring uh, bands themselves, those those tours take massive logistical organizing, Stuart. Absolutely. And there is a finite number of of companies who are set up to do major international music tours with all of those fleets of uh, semi trailers and all the rest That's of it. Right. Uh, there, there's not an indefinite supply, so there's going to be a bit of a demand uh, crunch come uh, tour there's, season. There's, there's going to be a huge demand crunch, and they're already sort of technically is in some ways for things like i you, you try to imagine you know it's like transfers well into the early evening or you know the, the the morning and somewhere in north dakota you know there's one tour is just winding up and the other tour is just coming through and they need to get the lighting rig from the one tour that's coming by so they can you know those semis can be loaded onto a different group and keep rolling you know it's uh, it's, it's interesting um of course one sad thing in reality we have to face is there will be many fewer venues across this country for those shows to take place in because we have seen 
wide industry closures when people just couldn't keep the places going. And fortunately, right. Vancouver, we've, we've been pretty lucky here in, in that, you know, venerable venues such as the rickshaw and, you know, uh, various, the, the Biltmore and the Commodore have, have been able to survive. But uh, it wasn't looking too pretty a while back there. It wasn't indeed. And it's interesting you would mention the Commodore, which is perhaps my favorite Vancouver venue. I've been to so many epic shows there over the year. And, and, and as I'm going through the Live Nation Twitter feed, I see five alarm funk at the Commodore, October 2nd. I think we're going to be there, Stuart. Oh, I think so. I, you know, it's funny you should mention that because that was the one I had up right up here on my, my screen as well, because there's something about that particular band playing the Commodore. Uh, you know, historically, them along with the Funk Hunters have been sort of the, the Christmas period of the funky shows that people can just go and really cut loose at. And right. I think that October, that show is going to be epic. Indeed it is. Great. I love horn bands, too. So um, it's, it's right up my corner. So let's start. What, what is the first date here in Vancouver this fall? And again, it's all, uh, it's all post-September 7th, which is officially, at least, cross your fingers, the opening date for Phase 4. So uh, given that, what's the first date that you have that's uh, locked in for a Vancouver show? Well, we can go even, you know, weirdly, we can go before that because there are shows getting locked in, in, you know, in, in August, uh, you know, MRG has announced some Fabulous. Uh, here at the Imperial and the, I know the Hollywood, some of the smaller clubs, uh, you know, are definitely coming, but uh, I would say some of the big ones, you know, I, <laughs> if you're a country fan, I think, you know, seeing legendary Tanya Tucker at the Vogue theater on October 10th is a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would say that uh, Live Nation, of course, is really kicking into high gear with a lot of things. The um, just calling up the rickshaw here to take a peek at what's uh, coming up there because that's one of for all its grittiness and everything in the neighborhood. It's such a great well, and, that's, and you're right because there's there's a distinction to be drawn between acts that will be available at no, local nightclubs, Stuart, versus yes. performance acts at concert venues like the Commodore or the Queenie. And we will see uh, music in local clubs well before September second. In fact, have you been to a club or a bar uh, in the last couple of weeks in which there's been at least uh, somebody playing a guitar or something in a corner, some live music already going on in some of those? clubs beyond the jazz festival which you did see uh there have been stuff i'm just around my neighborhood because i live downtown there's definitely been a return to you know the bands in the corner i mean even back to the something as innocent as the farmer's market you know it's like Mm -hmm. those haven't even had any live music and now the you know buskers are back strumming away there as well so that's that's kind of exciting um I mean, I guess the first, perhaps one of the first big events to come in, in September really is the, uh, the you know, MRG Westward Music Festival. Uh, MRG is a company that, you know, operates the Vogue, the Imperial, and the Biltmore. Um, okay. But that's uh, Saturday, September 11th. Uh, they've got uh, a night at the rickshaw. They've got nights at other venues around town. And this is sort of a celebration of, you know, their various local musicians plus touring musicians. And uh, I'd say that's a big deal. I mean, Chad Van Galen, who's going to be playing there at the uh, rickshaw on September 11th as part of this festival, Always a big draw in Vancouver, typically sells out whenever he comes. And, and local uh, indie rockers, Golden Youth, who are, uh, it features Louise Burns and some other people of, of note. Um, they've got a new album coming out, and they're going to be playing, opening that show. Uh, Rockabilly fans won't want to miss Cousin Harley, always a huge draw as well. He's Okay. Um, they're dropping their new album on September 25th at, at the Rickshaw as well. And then, uh, you know, moving on, I, I, the, the big question for me is, are we going to see, it's a little too tight a turnaround for anybody to be able to do something like you know big outstage festival type stuff like the folk festival something because you just get the logistics of turning it around is impossible sure, exactly. to do in a matter of weeks but yeah you know i 
I am seeing, I, I suspect it's sort of a slow flow right now leading up to the new year, uh, but shows are being announced literally daily um, and, the, and the calendar keeps getting more full. But as I say, once you step into the new year, it's constant. You know, Absolutely. Right, we're talking about some of the big shows coming to Vancouver. Live music is coming back. And I'm Stuart, I'm looking at uh, the Ticketmaster website right now at some of the names. Now, this is for basically a year from now uh, with the legendary Downchild Blues Band coming back from Toronto, Tame Impala, Harry Styles, Celine Dion, Dave Matthews, John Legend. Uh, some of the big names are definitely planning tours. And as we were talking about earlier, this could prove a logistical challenge for them and their management because everybody's going to want to go out at the same time. But just before we get to what's happening locally in Vancouver, you mentioned a couple of times already, so-and-so is playing the Biltmore, so-and-so are playing the Rickshaw, and they're, they've got a new album, and they're touring their new album. I'll bet you during the last, uh, what, 15 months or so of this pandemic, when they couldn't perform live, a lot of musicians, in fact, probably the great majority of them, have been in the studio creating new projects. I was, I, you know, I've got a story running um, next week. Uh, the Bare Naked Ladies had their first new record coming out in four years. And okay. uh, one of the things that we were talking about and that I've talked to a lot of musicians about, it, it has really impressed me over the course of this pandemic with people not being able to play, not being able to sort of be in that usual traditional cycle of record, release, tour, and support. Right. A lot of people have been putting out really great records. I mean, not just good, but some of them have been like career highs. Uh, and I like to call it the pandemic pause effect um that has just meant that a lot of these people where they might have put the album out and said that's good to go suddenly they're able to go down that rabbit hole of i want an extra six months to work on this or to do this and guess what i have no choice but to have that extra six months um that's right and 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 they're doing it and i, I think the exciting thing there is a you're going to have a lot of albums that are going to sound profoundly different live than they sound in studio which is something i've always liked um mm -hmm. And the other thing is, it's just, I think these artists are really going out ready to go. They're raring to go, but they're raring to play this new material. They're raring to rework old material. They were just, that it's put a lot of musicians in a different mindset than the sort of nine to five, gotta do it grind that they might've been into before. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, some of the older names in the business who are planning uh, uh, comebacks or, or just planning to stay in and continue performing, again, it's not that they're trying to, to create competition uh, for time on stage or in the silver spotlight. It's just that's what they do. They've been doing it forever, right. and not doing it for 15 months has been as painful for the old guys as the newbies, hasn't it? Well, of course, of course. You know, if you don't exercise, you get stiff, you know? It's that's right. The, the, the reality of the situation and uh, you know and sad to say a lot of these artists are hitting a point where maybe they don't want to go out uh, very often anymore you know and I, I can certainly appreciate that if i was in my mid-70s as so many of the classic rock generation are no kidding going out on a going out on a big tour you know for months and months you're not going to do the the legendary you know tours of old where you know what was it led i was just reading an article about led zeppelin where they said they toured the u.s five times between the first and the second album and mm -hmm. It's, you know, logistically, that's insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard for me because uh, it does sort of make you remember your age. But when albums that were, like, hitting in high school and, like, or grad year are now, like, you know, it's sort of coming up and it's 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm, yeah. and stuff. But then there's other people going on. It's like, it's the 50th anniversary tour of this classic album. Um, 
that's exciting. I mean, it's, it's always fun to see that happening, you know, and, and I think that that's going to make for some really great shows. I mean, and I believe we're, we're seeing some pretty legitimate goodbye tours this time around. I mean, I think, you know, Kiss is claiming it's the end of the road. Elton John, of course, is going out on what he claims is his final tour. Uh, you know, I right. think Cher is still touring her goodbye tour somewhere in the world, and uh, maybe uh-huh. that will come to an end at some point. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, this is interesting. And, and new artists coming up that can fill those arena spaces, um, now's the time to come out and prove that you've got what it takes, too. The only band that I haven't heard from in terms of doing yet another farewell tour, Stuart, is The Who. Because <laughs> I think I've seen four or five farewell tours from those guys. Maybe yeah, they're done. Have. Maybe they're done. Who knows? Uh, let's talk I, about yeah. some of the big shows coming to town this fall. Because now we're, you know, we're talking Harry Styles and Celine Dion. That's all next a year, literally a year away. How about stuff coming to town soon? Okay, big shows. Uh, weirdly, you know, there haven't been that many big shows announced uh, up to the new year. Um, but what we have seen and what I'm excited about is new venues that are doing some pretty big shows. I mean, we have two things to look forward to coming up. One is the Hollywood Theater, which really didn't get a chance to showcase all the, all the money and all the effort they put into designing that space to be a live music venue right in the heart of Kitsilano, which hasn't had a good live music venue for ages, um, True. you know, dating back to the days when Rohan's and the soft rock quit. That's right. Quit, I remember you know, Rohan's. You bet. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we've got, I'd say one of the big kickoff shows, certainly at the Hollywood Theater's perennial favorites, uh, be it at, you know, Squamish Music Festival or, you know, selling out the Commodore or what have you, but Yukon Blonde is coming um, on mm-hmm. October the 23rd. Killer band, great last album, great album before that. I mean, they're just, they're really in their element. They're putting out great music in there and they're really really a good live band um i'm excited about that to see how they can stretch out in the new room um and then of course you know there was a recent announcement that the peony is going to become probably a all-year-round um venue as well with some modifications and that's exciting because that's a it great is. space that holds a lot of people and uh, and we need them you know we're, we we need a couple more mid-sized spaces that can you know that aren't rogers or uh, bc place because only a certain kind of artist can come in there um so that that's exciting to to see that. Uh, yeah, that new venue at the PNE is going to be a flexible space. It'll be covered as was the old Plaza of Nation space down at the Expo Land. So it'll be, it. it can hold up to ninety five hundred people and as small a crowd, I guess, as twenty five hundred. But mm-hmm. it'll be covered, and it's going to be a great additional extra venue for for a lot of fun outdoor, but still not in the rain shows. Do it. Yeah, and and the beauty of that too is it's a great all ages venue, and and we need that all ages venue that can hold between a thousand to 5,000, which is, a, you know, like for, for those tours that come through and stuff like that, they're just, you know, they've been the forum, the gardens, but there were it's noise complaints and issues just with the age of the rooms and stuff like that. It, it's fantastic to have that coming on board and mm-hmm. it's such a great, easy destination location for people to get to as well. Indeed. Well, it's it's an exciting time. You're a you're a lucky guy because you went to the jazz festival. We had them on uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, urging people like you to come on out. We're going to have live music, and I'll bet you it was pretty packed, given the limitations of seating. Uh, but, and, and everyone there was probably as ecstatic as you were to actually be in a place where you could hear and enjoy live music again. Indeed, that was so. But you know what? What I really was missing, and I think everybody would agree, is. We didn't get those two, those bookended free weekends, one at the Art Gallery and also David Lamb Park. And not just for the Jazz Festival, but, you know, I mean, coming up, I guess, the, I guess actually come to think of it, I think the, the Carnival del Sol, our big Latin American uh, community festival is coming in August. And they usually do a pretty bang up job with their outdoor stage, whether, whether they're going to be able to do it the way they want to 
because it's before that September date that you mentioned. I don't know, but it's still that's we, it's that you know the summer season is tight, it's short, and we love those outdoor events. We can go certainly to. do. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.